Thank you for listening to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast here at Union Grove Lumber Studios. To know more about the Shed Geek Podcast, visit us at shedgeek.com. And for all your lumber needs, call one of the team members at 704-539-5506 or visit us online at uniongrovelumber.com. Hey, stop what you're doing and take a listen to today's High Barn sponsor. My Shed Solutions provides shed companies with software designed to help them grow. Your success is our success. To solidify our commitment to growing the shed industry, we are providing our 3D configurator, My Shed 3D, to manufacturers at no cost. My Shed 3D is a robust and comprehensive 3D builder. Design your customers' sheds in 3D, generate invoices, and process payments with a click of a button. Our material tracking program, My Shed Materials, provides real-time tracking of all materials. We use a complex formula to ensure that you have the materials that you need when you need them. My Shed Materials also provides cut lists and calculates total material cost for every building. Our delivery scheduling program, My Shed Deliveries, provides a seamless interface to connect shed manufacturers and RTO companies with shed haulers. Scheduling deliveries and pickups has never been easier. Let us show you how My Shed Solutions can help you grow your business and increase your efficiency. Visit MyShedSolutions.com to learn more. Welcome back to ShedsForSale.com studios. Uh, we are in, I don't want to say sunny Harrisburg, Illinois today because it is not. No, cold and cloudy. <laughs> but we do have uh, a ray of sunshine here on the podcast with us today richard burton from davis frost uh richard if you don't care just take a moment introduce yourself and your company uh to our listeners okay well my name is richard burton and i work for a company called davis frost and we're located in lynchburg virginia and we are a manufacturer of coatings um for the shed industry and of course other industries too and um i've been working in the paint industry for the last 50 years Man, and I've worked in the shed industry for 38 years. That is awesome. Um, yeah, I, I looked up a little bit of your, the, like the information uh, we had talked probably, I don't know, a couple of months back and it gave me a little bit of time to try and like do some research. I did look up some, some cool things on Davis Frost. I'm uh, maybe I'm putting you on the spot here. So found it. I'm, I'm going to give some history here to our, to our uh, audience, founded by James uh, T. Davis in 1936. Looks like in 66, uh, 1966, they purchased a new property, a new facility, and then in 95, it was purchased by Cal and Denise Henning and David Bowie. I think I'm saying that right, maybe. Uh, right. But they uh, purchased it and renamed it Davis Frost. Uh, roots go back all the way to 1918 uh, with uh, Frost Paint and Oil Company in Minneapolis, uh, Davis Frost uh, is now in Lynchburg, Virginia. You were actually located in, in Lancaster. Um, yeah. But it, it just has a history of supplying uh, industrial and architectural coatings. I mean, I, I'm reading about this company, and I'm thinking, wow, all of this stuff sounds amazing. Several divisions in the North, Adman- uh, North uh, America, um, rail car, structural steel, metal buildings. I mean, like, you guys are doing it all tons of locations in the mid-Atlantic region and uh, active member of the color guild international. I, I gotta be honest with you. I had to look that up. Cause I was like, what is the color guild international? Am I even saying that right? <laughs> well, no, Col- color guild um, is, is an organization where um, smaller paint companies, you know, not, not the multi-billion dollar giants get together to, um, get better purchasing power. Um, actually, the company I worked for before, Finner and Haley, was part of that, too. So that's, that's okay. an organization that we, we share information and try to get better deals for ourselves. Yeah, it, it says, uh, what is it, like 14 different countries and just de- dedicated to the, the, the different color palettes, I think, and all that. I, I was looking all this yeah. up because I'm, I'm, I'm so like, <laughs> I'm so weak on understanding exactly the uh the nuance of paint but i understand it helps sell a shed so we can at least find common ground on that area i think definitely uh so well tell- i mean 
keep on going. Well, I just I was gonna say, tell me a little bit about how you got into sheds. You've been at this thirty eight years. What was the uh, what was the beginning of sort of your your shed journey, your shed life journey? Well, um, I was working for um, Finner and Harley at the time. This was in, um, back in nineteen eighty four, and I was just doing some basic smokestack and trying to find people that would buy paint. And I went into a place called Land Structures in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and um, tried to see what they were using. And I walked in, you know, wearing a suit, a tie, and I think the guys almost laughed at me because, you know, we all know that shed factories are pretty messy. And um, I tried to get their business. I failed, but um, some other people took notice of me, and I just went after it. That's great. Uh, and, and that journey's taking you all the way to the craziness of 2021 and now 2022, huh? Yeah, I, it's um, nothing I could ever predict. Um, but um, I guess we'll see how we navigate it. I mean, it's been real difficult for everybody, whether you're a manufacturer or supplier, knowing what things are going to cost and what the availability is. But somehow we've gotten through it so far. Richard, not to make you feel any certain way, but uh, 1984 was two years before I was born. So, um. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm old. <laughs> you're you're only as old as you feel, Richard. That's Ain't that what they say? No, I, 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 I can still carry a couple five gallon cans at one time. So I promise you can idea. you can outwork <laughs> Kyle. That's all that matters. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, so this long journey uh, that's brought you all of this information and expertise, let's dive into that a little bit if you don't care. Tell me a little bit about the uh, pricing structure, how that affects your industry and how that affects the shed industry, uh, and then sort of uh, we can maybe get into some of the details of the materials, but uh, I can't help but think we were kind of discussing a little bit of the pricing, the total pricing of how paint affects the shed just uh, kind of take that away and educate our customers or our listeners rather a little bit on, um, on how that process works and how you guys see that from your perspective. Well, what we're looking at, it's our, it's our job to pretty much, you know, finish the building and we're only a small percentage of the um, total cost of the shed. You know, we're probably, you know, under 5%, you know, we're like, you know, fasteners um, in, in that respect. Um, we have, had some issues in the last couple of years getting materials, you know, particularly acrylic resins. So most of those come from Dow Chemical, and they put a limit on how much you know all of us, whether we're Sherwin Williams or Pittsburgh or any small company, could buy last year. And so, you know, we all of us were really kind of you know scuffling to try to make stuff on time, and um, we've just seen supply side issues that you know we couldn't imagine, but we try to find a way to negotiate around it, you know, without, um, you know, getting too many headaches. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I've heard that at least from a couple other paint guys that like materials has been, uh, you know, arguably that's some of the same case just in the shed industry. I mean, there's only so many components that go into a shed. Basic uh, purpose for the shed is to create more storage and there's only so many things, ways to do that. I mean, um, you could break it down to, you know, wood and steel. Uh, and that's, you know, wooden, wooden metal. That's pretty much going to be the basis of most of your, your sheds, but, uh, paint certainly does affect that, but it's a huge selling factor. That's one thing I know from my time in sales is that, uh, a lot of times what you can offer can make or break the sale. And if you can't get that material, um, uh, that does make it very difficult. Um, would you agree? Well, it, I, I would agree. I mean, one thing that's kind of interesting about the shed industry is that, you know, a lot of guys are trying to achieve, um, you know, very efficient, you know, manufacturing. But we pretty much, you know, with color, you know, everybody's got standard colors that, you know, really kind of reflect what, you know, the homes are in their area. And, but people really want everything. Could you imagine going into Ford or GM and saying, hey, wait a second, I'd like a different green you know, on the car, and they just kind of break into the line. We do that in the shed industry. That is really amazing. Yep. Now, is that the, uh, let's see if I'm, I'm going to try and get this right. 
basically the hex code. Is that right? Is that is that kind of what allows you to get that specific color? Or uh, educate me a little bit here, Richard. Well, I mean, most of the colors that I've done is either um, you know matched vinyl siding over the years, um, copying my competition. I'm not going to say that you know I'm original about anything. So we. <laughs> I mean, a lot of colors, you know, we, we do this stuff by eye. Um, you know, a, a really good um, color shader is even better than a computer. That's one thing that, you know, computers haven't gone beyond yet. So um, we're we're doing pretty good um, in being able to, like, you know, make everything. And it's kind of, there's a lot of, like, an you know, old school technology going into this. Okay. Copying our competition is what we're good at here in this industry, so... <laughs> Oh yeah! It's, oh yeah! Hey, that, I mean, hey, that's that's the that's the greatest compliment. That's you right. With original idea, and everybody and everybody copies it. And the shed industry is no exception. I mean, the joke that we would say in Lancaster was like, you know, if you came out with a design and you put it out on your lot by Friday afternoon, by Sunday afternoon, someone's going to come up, take a picture of it, measure it. So, I'm going to start a new. I'm going to start a new new uh, a new saying a new quote or whatever page, you know, the, the first guy has the idea, the second guy makes the money. That's what it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> That's usually correct. <laughs> so. Yeah, usually, some, sometimes the first guy can make the money, but only for so long, you know. Yep. So <laughs> Rich- Everything gets, gets turned into a commodity after a while. So, Richard, had a question for you. Um, did you see the shortages, um, like kind of like everyone else in 2021? Was 2020 just a crazy boom year where you were selling you know the most amount of paint you've ever sold and then 2021 you probably sold quite a bit too it was just harder to get harder to get the materials well actually in my case i sold a lot more in 2022 um i mean i had an up year in 2021 but 2022 somehow you know we we were able to get the material and you know we were able to take care of a lot of people um who weren't getting material from some real big paint suppliers. And it was kind of a different thing. And it was harder than ever to get materials. Somehow, you know, we managed to do it, you know, working six days a week and doing what we had to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you mean 2021? Cause it is now February of 2022. Richard is from the future. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, well, 2021 was the big year. Okay. And, yeah. um, and, 2020. I mean, we were just we were just scared if our customers were going to stay open. Yeah, it's. I think um, I came into the office this morning and I was talking with um, our buddy Jim Morgan, and we were we were just discussing things about um, how 2020 happened, what 2021 did, um, what we expect now. We're starting to see things like mask mandates uh, basically become. Um, obsolete, uh, not only in our in our government, uh, but in our you know just the school systems and normal businesses and things like that. And it sort of felt like normal life. And now we have basically we're literally on the cusp right now. This will this show will probably air. Oh, I don't know. It could be three to six weeks out, but um, we're we're on the cusp of you know this uh, this crisis in Ukraine, and we're seeing what you know, oil's doing, we're seeing what stocks are doing. Uh, does all of that play a role uh, at the consumer level? Do you do you actually experience any of that from your perspective? Well, sh- sure it does. Um, we're, I mean, in the, if you're talking about, like, you know, with, with COVID and the mess, um, I mean, essentially, this industry um, is mostly, Populated by you know Mennonite and Amish builders, uh-huh. and um, you know people. And to be quite honest with you, you know you're not going to see any masks in the factories. You never have, and um, that's that's just the way that that's been. Um, however, you know COVID has affected all of us. We've all had people get sick. Uh-huh. I mean, our, our plan is operated too. I mean, we're. We're down in you know South Central Virginia, and um, you know we don't we don't necessarily you know have to have mask mandates, but um, 
you know, we hey, we when we make paint, we got to be wearing the we got to be wearing an N95 <laughs> man anyway. Right, <laughs> right. You know, we're we're a, we're a little strict about certain things just for safety. You know, you don't sure. don't, don't 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 smoke a cigarette anywhere near us. You know? <laughs> 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 and, but hey, we've we've had our problems. You know, we've we've lost a lot of folks. You know, out out COVID. You know, we. Um, you know, people are given the choice whether they're going to be vaccinated or not. But um, it's, it's it's been quite an experience for it's, everybody. Well, and I just can't help but wonder where it's going, how it affects our industry. I, I think that we probably catch the tail end of, uh, you know, the trickle-down effect of everything. We're, um, especially at the consumer level, um, but and I would imagine your, your, your customers and, and, and your clients do, probably experience the same thing i'm going to switch gears a little bit uh i'm going to talk about like i I did a little bit of research in 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 lieu of this uh opportunity to speak this morning i want to kind of give a a definition i found um i'll give uh uh, sourcing it giving it credit it was it was actually crayola.com is where i ended up finding this but i found this statement to be so interesting in terms of thinking about how you develop color how you develop schemes uh, I'll be in, be interested in finding out what you see as a good color scheme on sheds, specifically some of the things that you think will help sell. But color, uh, just as a definition, I, I found this to be so interesting that I bored my wife to death talking about it last night. But uh, it says <laughs> it says color um, color is defined as the aspect of things that is caused by differing qualities of light being reflected or emitted by them. In other words, to see color, you have to have light. And when light shines on an object, some colors bounce off the object and some are absorbed by it. Is that some some paint training 101 or uh, is Crayola just out here spreading nonsense? Sounds a little spiritual. <laughs> no, it's not nonsense. That, that, that might be some pretty deep stuff right there. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm you know, quite that you know, philosophical about it right there. I mean, what I mean, kind of how I operate, you know, I'm I'm working, you know, in the shed industry, is what color are people building houses, and you follow you follow the fashions. Um, you know, we've used a lot more darker colors the last you know three or four years. Um, I just kind of follow trends, and they repeat themselves. It's just like fashion repeats itself after enough years. So um, a good my, point. my philosophy is always never get never get rid of a color I even used forty years ago because <laughs> maybe it'll come back. It's coming back around, <laughs> isn't it? So here, that's right. This is my this is my preparation, Richard, for the interview. Um, we we ask this all the time as a joke, but I feel like it actually fits. Uh, Richard, what's your favorite color? <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, blue. <laughs> so what, what color? Blue. Just just regular blue. Um. Oh, like oh, I guess I don't have it. Yeah, just pretty much you know, plain old blue, not a you know, fairly dark. Okay, that's that's what I like. So you say you're seeing like earthy tones, darker colors, things like that, probably being used. Well, more. Earthy, earthy tones are always essential. Like I said, you know, really key way, especially like back on the East Coast because we got so much vinyl yeah. being used. Is that you copy the you know the, the five or six top uh, vinyl colors? I mean, I have all kinds of colors that are. Georgia Pacific colors, you know, for, yeah. for, for their lines. I mean, we um, we just, we just we just grab our color like you know any place that we can. You know, we're not, you know, we, we don't really have like you know it's a special designer doing it. It's just something that you know I've built up over the years, and I'm sure like you know former company that I work for, which is now Haley Paint. You know, they have all they have all that record going back to my old work. And um, we just kind of build on it. And and you guys actually offer stains as well, too. Is that correct? Yeah, we we do stains. Um, stains is kind of a strange term because um, we always think of stains as something going on, you know, natural wood that gives you like a semi-transparent look. So you can see the wood grain. But, you know, as with sheds, you know, we don't really use too much, you know, natural wood these days. Yeah. We also have, like, you know, urethane-modified stains. That are used on you know, LP and Duratab, um, and then we can have other types of stains that are just used on like you know wood, like T one eleven or board and batten, things like that. 
It's so funny. I was going to ask you about that. I pulled a little bit of information off of LP site. Um, regular paintings necessary a necessary component to maintaining engineered wood siding for long terms, but uh, is what they say. And then they specifically were talking about when you're selecting paint to use on LP smart siding engineered wood products. They recommend acrylic latex coatings. So it's like you said, you don't really see much natural wood grain. Um, really anymore maybe on the on the porches you know on the deck boards uh, yeah you see something like that you can put a stain on it but it's real you don't you don't go and put a traditional you know even just straight acrylic stain on um the um lp or the duratan yeah you know you're probably better off to use these what they are they're they're urethane um, modified acrylics so what so, what um, is a what is an acrylic? Ed, educate me here. On... An, acry- an acrylic, you know, if you think of the term latex paint, is kind of implying that it's like a water based paint, but an acrylic is um, a resin that is used in the paint. It's what binds it together. You, know, you add the pigments, and and then the acrylic resin is is what holds everything together. It's the, it's the guts of it. So and. Yeah, go ahead. Um, and that what that is, it's it's wa- it's water based, and it forms something called a polymer bond. You almost think of it like if you had a bunch of balloons and you jammed them in the tightest possible space, that would be that would be the molecule that you would. That's how you sort of see it, and it allows it to breathe. And it's you know it's it's really you know an interesting coating. It, it, it's it's proven itself you know as a superior water based some resin since the nineteen sixties. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. Hey, Shed Builder. This is Justin Burnett with Midco Products. We are the nation's leading manufacturer of doors that are designed specifically for the shed industry. And we build a large variety of heights and styles to fit all of your needs. We're also a leading distributor of windows and hardware designed for the shed industry. If we can help you in any way, please give us a call at 270-247-7447. I was looking up some of this, and it, and it, it basically, it, so it says all paints have four main ingredients, pigments, binders, solvents, and additives, and that kind of goes along with what you're saying there with the binders. It binds it to the wood product. Um, is that what, I mean, like LP, they, they have a pretty substantial um you know, warranty factor with theirs already. A lot of times I'll hear that like paint application and things like that can, uh, the way that they put it on, um, it's actually applied could, could be oftentimes what voids those warranties. What do you suggest from, from Davis Frost? Like what is the best thing with the materials that you see, not just LP, but others that you see in the industry right now? Um, how do you, do you educate the manufacturers, the dealers that you deal with in the shed industry regularly on application, uh, different, different uh, tools that you use to apply. Um, what do you see in that, in that regard? Well, what I, I see is there's, you know, especially a need when you go into these urethane stains, um, which are expensive, they're a little trickier to apply. You've got to have education. And I, I would think that like, you know, every paint manufacturer you got to go out there and spray with the guys. And um, that's that's really important. I mean, there are different ways of doing it. It's not just one way of doing it, but you know, you got to get a feel of it and um, and work with the people. I've always been that way. I've always been you know very technical and hands on. What what are some of the norm like the number one mistakes that you you usually see when you're out and about that you typically have to correct? Uh, that's kind of an across the board mistake that you see that's often. Often. Well, the basic thing is, if you got a shed, you know, you basically have to have an exact plan on how you're going to go attack it, and um, you pretty much got to follow that. You, know, you don't, you know, you're not doing things random. You want to, you want to make yourself so you're almost as robot-like as possible. Is the way I put it. I see. So you can put on even of the coating, and um, you know, you just you can't just have someone just say, "Hey, go figure it out yourself." Disaster. When you go with urethane and stains and you start getting runs, and once you get a run, you're done. <laughs> you, 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 you can't really clean that up too easy. 
I got to tell you, I am dangerous with a paint gun, and I don't mean in a good way. Like it's well, always... then, that, then that, that may be something you don't want to do. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. That's, that's good. <laughs> I could never seem to. I, I had a part-time job for just a bit, uh, and I was painting doors. And, and uh, yeah, I, the guy hired me in, and he was like, hey, I want to put you over this department, but you're going to have to – you're going to have to learn. And uh, I tell you what, I struggled with that robot effect that you're talking about. I could not seem to get my wrist in the right place to just be able to um, layer the, 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 the paint on equally. I was really bad at it. When you can find somebody who can paint a good shed, um, it's clearly obvious versus somebody who's uh, sort of struggling. And I think that's important for yourself. Yeah, and it seems like it's a really? lot, it seems like it's a lot harder to, uh, paint with a or spray with a urethane than it is you know because you can see those streaks a little bit easier it's definitely a lot harder and um, quite frankly i'm i'm really shocked that the industry has gone this way i mean i i never thought they had the patience to go do this (laughs) i came up you know in a a culture that i called it running gun you know if you if somebody was in the way, they were to get sprayed. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one of my greatest stories, there was a customer called B&B Structures, and this is probably about 15 years ago. And these guys were putting out five to 6,000 buildings a year into the assembly. Awesome. And it was, it was an Amish shop, but the painter was not Amish. And um, he, was, he was kind of a rough character, like, you know, this, what, 15 years ago, and he had a barcode, like, tattooed on his neck. <laughs> I guess he just got drunk one night and did it. He didn't know why it was there. But, Shannon has um, one of those, too, so watch out. I don't just have one. I, I have two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, right, but, but, but I was just thinking, what's the barcode for? <laughs> it's to get it's to get his discount at Walmart. He scans it, and they think, think it's a 10% yeah, discount. <laughs> what you should have done was you should have put a Davis Frost like barcode on there, and then he could have just well, actually, stood there. I, and... I was working for Finner and Haley at the time. But the it funny was... part was, like, he comes up to me and he says, "Richard, he's like, I can't stand the smell of the paint." And I said, "Well, I said you really need to be using a respirator." I said, "You got one?" He said, "Nah." He said, "I can't do that. I can't smoke at the same time." <laughs> so I was thinking, like, maybe 3M needs to have a respirator that you have a little port that you put a cigarette in it. <laughs> And this you, guy was a good painter, but <laughs> well, you had you had another story you were kind of telling us about, and all these thirty eight years of experience. Uh, you want to share that with our audience a little bit? What we was talking about before we got on air. Oh, this was about the rent own industry. Um, yeah, there's a legendary story down south that in the early days of rent own, um, a shed was bought on a rent own contract by a gentleman. He decided. Um, that he was going to build a pond around it. So, like, you know, they dug out and created the pond, so this shed was on an island, then he stopped making payments. Well, that didn't deter, you know, the company that made it to repo it. They went out there, took, 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 a, took a little boat, put a winch on it, and drug it across the water. It kind of really upset the guy. He thought he had a You never know the ingenuity of some of these shed builders' cars. <laughs> And we also know the sheds can float. Yeah, I've seen that in floods too. So yeah, I mean, you you, you buy a shed on rent own, you have enough money to build a pond around it, <laughs> but not make the <laughs> payments. Yeah. payments. I don't know if you know this, Richard, but uh, we we great. partner with uh, with JMag uh, LLC, so it's a rent own provider. We're friends with uh, so many different companies in the RTO space in this industry, and and. Tons of, uh, I guess you call them competition. We just call them friends. We just sort of happen to work in the same, uh, you know, the same area. We're partnered with some, some, a few other guys as well. But uh, we've heard some of those wild rent home stories. Um, I, I actually was a, a big RTO naysayer whenever I started, and I've, I've come a long way in terms of being able to see the back end. And I just assumed everyone paid their bills. I guess I've always paid my bills, but I didn't realize that people don't pay their bills. So. No, I, I mean, in the shed industry, I mean, my goodness, you have to learn that. You know, that, that's like the dirty secret, you know, of how many people don't pay their bills. I mean, on the East Coast, I mean, if you, you have to kind of, you always kind of have to watch out doing business with certain dealers that you went up into the New York area and some places because they knew that 
basically you could steal from the Amish and the Mennonites and nothing would happen. Yeah. And, and this was kind of a dirty secret that went on for years because there was a, the East Coast, they have a different way of wholesaling. I mean, what the best yeah. way is you have dealers that own their own transportation and they deliver it to the house, to the individual homeowner. And you just take a 48-foot load and drop it on their lot. And they pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they set their price. So it's totally different than how sheds are distributed in most of the rest of the country. And this is an old model, but it also allowed for millions of dollars to be sold over the years. So, Richard, do you see um, in different areas of the country uh, certain colors be prominent than others? Um, yeah. A lot of the... Um, we're seeing a lot more you know, dark blues. You know, which I, I said I like. You know, Back to your favorite, huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, hey, I, I was born on a Navy base, so. There you go. I guess. <laughs> nice. I guess it's kind of baked in, you know, from birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Navy blue is, is prominent for you. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you feel like you're going to see in 2022, with the shed industry and how does your specific role uh, therein affect, you know, what do you, what do you, what effect do you think it will have on you, on your customers? Um, where, where do you think the shed industry is going? What's some of the changes that you've seen just over these 38 years? Well, um, I mean, the, obviously one of the biggest changes is, rent home, but you know, I, I'm, I've been doing this so long. It used to be the only way you could buy a shed with two methods, and that was cash or check. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, people didn't take credit cards for years, and when they first started taking credit cards in Lancaster, you know, they put an upcharge on it. And, and now we have rent home. I mean, just the, the option, you know, are just unbelievable. That's why, you know, the numbers are up as high as they are. Yeah, it's really going through a, a maturing season, at least from what I can tell. Um, we're big proponents of just trying to expand the shed industry as a whole and not to uh, – I appreciate what you said uh, even before we came on, and I hope you don't mind that I say this. I said, is there anything specifically you don't want to talk about or you do want to so that I can shine opportunity on your you know, on your company and yourself and your ex- uh, experience and expertise? But anything that you don't, because I don't want to – like, I'm not going to get you on the podcast and ask you how much money you make a year. I'm not. <laughs> it how, much, how, much do, how much do you make, Richard? As I put it, I'm in sales. I eat what I kill. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've been in sales for so long. We understand that comment. But yeah, you know, what, what also, you keep on going what you what you said was I refuse to get on and say anything bad about my competition, which made me know that I had um, the perfect guest. So we're here to do that for you. Here we go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. He I, says, I, okay, I that's know, okay. All, I know all my competition. Oh, that's great. <laughs> well, it sound, you, you sound a lot like us in that um, you you don't see, you know, like I, I probably compete with myself more than I compete with others. It I really have little effect on what they do, but I have a whole lot of effect on what I actually do. And if I can focus on uh, making my customers experience the best, um, you know, and, and really just trying to be better than I was the day before. Honestly, I, I believe that's a, a level of success. We had an opportunity to go speak recently out in Washington, and we've had a couple other just opportunities come up to do that. And um, uh, somebody was talking about being nervous before you speak. I, we get on this every Wednesday. We have an episode come out and I said, yeah, I, I guess I am, but it's kind of like our pastor says, you know, if if you no longer uh, pay attention to sin, uh, if you no longer recognize it, then that's kind of a scary place to be. When you no longer recognize the nervousness in speaking, um, then are you really worried about your audience and making sure that you're providing a good show and things like that? So for me, I welcome those opportunities to speak, and I welcome those opportunities to be nervous it's honestly, it's the grit. It's the, it's that climb and that claw through. I listened to a motivational speech on the way here today. I, I, I do this. I listen to motivational content a lot. And, uh, Steve Harvey, he was talking about a, a seed being planted and you can't be covered up and, and, and you're expected to be counted out of the game when you're covered up. But whenever you can actually use that resistance to pull through and you sprout and you, 
you begin to do good things. And man, it was just, it had me like, I guess those motivational speeches work. I about parked my car and took off running to work. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I still drove, <laughs> but right. I, I guess where I'm going with that is like, it, it, it sounds like 38 years. That's not, that's not something to just shake off. That's something that you must be passionate about. Oh, I am. And I mean, for me, working in the shed industry has been the biggest blessing, you know, in my work life. I mean, I, like I said, I've been in the painting industry like another 12 years before I got in the shed industry. You know, I've worked with union contractors in Philadelphia. I've done all kinds of industrial coding. I just felt that, like, you know, the folks are in the shed industry um, had the same values that I had. And, you know, I'm just, I, I believe in paying your bills and doing what you say. You know, you're really trying to trying to do that. You know, it's kind of simple stuff. And you know, I really love these people. You know, that's why that's why I hung in there so long. And we'll try. You know, hopefully, I can hang in a little longer. <laughs> well, that's the coolest thing that's that we feel like we've experienced is exactly what you're talking about. It's the kindness of people, the welcomeness of people. Uh, just the the like mindedness uh, in this industry. We always feel like family when we show up to talk to people. We've been treated better than what we deserve, I'm sure. Um, and I I think that that's a good thing to be able to get on here and remind people of of that. You're always going to have you know the naysayers and and things like that, but that that's okay. I mean, uh, sometimes you just got to take that for what it is. We love this industry. We love getting to meet people like yourself. We get out to Lancaster from time to time. When we do, we want to try to make it a point to meet up with you while we're out yeah, there. Well, yeah, look, look, if I'm if I'm in town, you know, I'd be happy to take you out. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a moving target. I, I sell in over forty states. I travel all over the place. And so do we. So we might travel. run into each other sometime. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't travel as much as I used to. Okay. Um, I mean, of course. I mean, my kids. My kids are all grown, and um, you know, we're my wife and I are probably like you know in the late latter years of our work, but um, we both still like getting up every day and going to work. She's, oh. a, she's a special ed teacher, and you know, I, I do this. So, you know, we, we, we're we kind of doing the same thing for a long time. Yeah, all I heard was you were going to pay for our dinner. So, um, right? That's okay. what she said. <laughs> no, I'm no, just no, kidding. I, oh, I, I'm, <laughs> totally I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm notorious for buying people meals. They, <laughs> they wonder why I'm not fatter than I am. All right, we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> well, there's no wonder I with us. I just don't do it every day. You know? All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask both I mean, of you. One of my favorite things is bringing in pizza to the shops. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next time you're in Harrisburg, bring in pizza anytime you want. Yeah. Okay. You, we what you got? What you got to do is find out what your favorite pizza joint is. Okay. <laughs> we were we were talking to you this morning. and You said oh, I was actually on the phone with somebody down in your area. And I, that's what I love. Industry. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I absolutely love about the the shed industry. Is like it's a the reality is we could be on the road and see you one time or while we're out on the road. Oh, like I've, I've I've run into all kinds of folks. I mean, I went one one of the strangest ones. I was working in. In another industry for Finner and Haley, and I was in the Toronto airport. I look up, and there's one of my customers, John Ash from North Carolina, walking <laughs> down the concourse. You know, that's cool. And we we went over to Timmy Hortons because I know John will never pass up a cup of coffee. But he yeah. was going to see his daughter, who was a missionary up in northern Australia. <laughs> so, that's that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's such a small world. Hey, I'm going to ask both of you guys a question. So this is a question for Shannon and for Richard, and I'll answer it as well. So uh, your your favorite color combination on a shed. I'll tell you mine first, and then you guys can go. But mine is navy blue siding, white trim, and a copper roof, metal roof. That's mine. So, Richard, what's yours? That's a that's a pretty good one. Um, I, I like that, but I'd, I'd probably... Um, probably go with something that's like just you know we, we sell over and over again which would be you know a, a dark gray um building on the body and then have um 
like a light gray trim on it. I mean, that, that, that combination really works. You never have enough shades gray. (laughs) Richard, you're a man after my own heart. Uh, that's like, so gray. My home is gray. Um, I wear a lot of grays. I love his heart is black. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many different darker darker colors make you look skinny. Well, that's, that's what I'm going for. That, it's not working. It's not working, but it's what I'm going for. I don't wear, I'm not wearing khakis, and I'm not wearing white. I need a lot darker color then. I definitely like the grays. I would admit this. I would say the same. Uh, maybe, maybe not gray on gray with the trim. I could probably go with like a say a white trim, uh, maybe a a medium gray, and then a dark gray roof. But in terms of like what you're seeing with like these urethanes. Um, I have to say, like a white roof with a, um, a white trim and that that almost kind of like that honey gold color that everybody likes in terms of like urethane. Mm-hmm. Um, that right. just seems like a really sharp building that pops. I know it's white, but I mean, I guess less heat. You could always get you a solar blaster fan and Here you put go. on top of that. Hey, stop what you're doing. Listen to this mini barn sponsor. What would your dream rent-to-own program look like? Picture it now. Would it have cutting-edge technology with integrations throughout the shed industry? Or would it include traditional financing and multiple same-as-cash offerings? Perhaps your ideal rent-to-own program puts money back in your pocket. Perhaps it has a unique way to onboard and train your dealer network. Wherever your mind goes and whatever your dream consists of, Newfound Rentals can help you. Give us a call today at 316-536-0472. And let's discuss your dream. So, uh, yeah, when when me and Shannon were selling, the most popular um, size and color combination was a 10 by 20 side lofted barn, which is what we call it. And it was a, a red sided barn, white trim, and a black roof. We sold those things all well, the time. Yeah, but you see, that's the tradition. I mean, if you, yep. if you can mm-hmm. go back into the 60s. Yep. And the first shed builders that were appearing, there was one called Little Red Barns in Lancaster, which probably came in around 67 or so. And that's what they made. You got you got a red barn with a black roof with white trim. Yep. It, it that is, was it. Yeah, it is still <laughs> that's very like the much classic. a traditional, yeah, yeah, the classic sort of look. And we, we did. We sold a lot of them, didn't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 to 20. Well, hey, hey, red, red, red sells a lot. Um, it also, you know, brings attention to your lot too. Yep. What's it's, the? It's something um, I, I had found years ago um, when I was with Finner and Haley. We had a roofing division that I ran as well, and um, we got the contract for doing all those red roofs at McDonald's. You know, back back, back in the early two thousand. Okay. Wow. Up, their whole point of doing that was trying to like draw draw more attention to it because red's just a color that you can't avoid. Yeah, of course but, they're not doing it now. Everything's looking gray. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the uh, what's the ugliest color combination you've ever seen? Oh, I'd probably go with like you know some of the really bright colors, that, you know, like some of the purples and. And, and some really, you know, like a sharp truce green or something like that. Can we officially call that the Kyle category? <laughs> well, I, what I, I kind of view it is like you can have anything you want as long as it's not living next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen some doozies over the years. I mean, uh, some pinks and purples, and I don't mean like separate, like on the yeah, same, same building. Shed. Ooh. Um, it's not our taste, but Hey, it's like you said, you know, uh, to each his own. And if that's the color they want, that's the color you're going to, as a rent owned company, you just hope that that doesn't go on rent to own because that's <laughs> not well, hard I mean, to sell a pink and purple building. Well, over. Yeah. What usually happens is a lot of, a lot of football, a lot of college football, I've matched all kinds of kinds of colors. So, you know, we, we've got Kentucky blue, we've oh. got, um, ten, Tennessee orange, uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. Have you seen like a lot of the, like the trying to mimic like the the John Deere or Harley, Harley Davidson, Davidson colors? Because we didn't have really not, any luck with that. Not as much. I've seen it on like you know you know playhouses and things like that. But um, yeah, those 
those are kind of tough colors. Yeah, know? we thought we thought um, a cool Harley Davidson garage would sell. It did not quickly. It did not sell. We had one guy that used his shed specifically for his Harley. Nothing else. It was just his Harley, and then everything that went with his Harley. It was literally just a, a Harley shed, but it was it was the traditional like color matched yep. orange and black and. We tried doing that a couple of times, and we had absolutely no luck with that or the John Deere colors, which we thought would would really do well in our area, a rural area especially, but we, we didn't have much luck with it. We also sold in the hometown of Superman, which is Metropolis, <laughs> Illinois. And I, the, know, I know. I've seen the statue. <laughs> and the, the high school is uh, the Patriots. It's red, white, and blue. So we thought it would be a good idea to get a red, white, and blue shed because people would buy it. And they we were wrong again. They did not. <laughs> <laughs> so all you're going to do, you're going to kind of catch their attention. I mean, I what, the one that I've dreamed about for years, and it would have no paint on it, would be to make the shed completely in diamond plate. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's now that interesting. would that would get some lookers. Believe that would, that would stop traffic if the sun hit it too good, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Talk about color and having bounce. <laughs> yeah, like that would be uh, that would be interesting. I mean, just like well, I do like the. The Gavalum look yep. a lot of times, you know, like it, it really depends. I like anything that's um, anything that's rustic. I like it's um, I, I'm probably a little bit more of a traditionalist in terms of like the colors and color schemes and things like that. I, what I find interesting is going from one place to the next. I, I remember a shed manufacturer of Missouri one time saying, well, they wouldn't know what a good shed color was if they hit it, if it hit them. Yeah. And uh, I thought, well, what's, what's interesting is a good shed color a lot of times for Missouri might not be so much the case in Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you're going to see more of the pastels and brighter colors and things like that that's going to match the beach setting. But you get up in the northwest, you know, we saw a lot of the earthy tones, a lot of the dark mm-hmm. uh, colors and things like that. So uh, it's interesting because I think it's perspective. We always call it the fishbowl effect. Uh a lot of times a dealer or sometimes even a manufacturer who doesn't travel very often will find themselves inside the fishbowl looking out and they'll have limited um, experience in the shed industry, whether it be from a different style of building, different style of colors. And uh, that's why we always encourage people to um, coordinate their efforts to educate themselves better. Shed, shed Builder Magazine, Garage Shed um, Carport Builder, Shed Geek Podcast, I mean, you name it. We're always pushing some of these opportunities for people to better better themselves while they're out there. I can't talk this morning. What's wrong with <laughs> me? Fumbling all over. <laughs> sound like an idiot. <laughs> well, well, a little better. You, a little better. You don't That's have to. Hear. You don't have to talk like that a, to sound like an idiot. Come on now. I gotta get a treat. <laughs> so, Richard, man, uh, kind of running close on time, but uh, anything that you want to say uh people how how do they you know contact you what do they do to if they want to reach out to you well i the company i work for is david strauss and we're located in lynchburg virginia um we can probably the best way to reach me i mean i can give you i i can give you a cell phone number because i have no problem with this and you can talk to me direct i'll talk to anybody in the shed industry and that's four three four Nine four two nine nine four three, and if you want to get a hold of me on the internet, it would be they do this one slow. The R period B U R T O N at davisfrost dot com, and um, like I said, there's there, there. I'll talk to anybody. There are no stupid questions. Um, you know, I like this industry and like to educate folks on this. So have at it. That's great. Uh, Richard, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, we hope that uh, because of that, people will take the time to reach out to you, get to know you. Uh, we say oftentimes that people buy from people they trust, so this is a good opportunity to uh, experience uh, who Richard is, and we certainly hope you receive a flux of phone calls after this. We try to end every episode, uh, or at least most episodes, as best we can in, in prayer. Uh, the shed industry has been very uh, instrumental in helping feed us and our faith. Uh, and we are faithful people and not ashamed of it. And we feel like there's a, a time and a need for that now more than ever in this country and, and abroad. So if you don't care, we'll just, uh, we'll end with prayer and then um, we'll let you go after that. And 
we just can't thank you enough for being on there and encourage people to go and, and uh, call Richard, visit, and find out more about the things that they offer. Um, but we'll, we'll pray now. Lord, thank you for this uh, day, this opportunity. Just ask that you would uh, bless Richard, bless his company, bless all those that are listening to this episode today. We just ask that you'd place a burden of um, kindness on our heart wherever we go today. Uh, help us to lift each other up, Father, and just not, not to tear each other down. Um, we know that you are for us. We know that you are with us. Um, we thank you for all that you're doing in, in the lives of those in this industry, uh, the lives of those out um, taking time away from their family, not only to build um, a life and opportunity for their families, but especially have a burden on our heart for those that are um, out uh, protecting their country, their family, and so much more today. We just ask that you just uh, overwhelm our world with a with a heart of kindness. Uh, help us to see where we fall short, and just uh, if you would, God, just protect us. We uh, thank you for everything that uh, everyone in this industry has done for us. We ask that you would give it back tenfold. Um, we just can't say thank you enough. We praise you. We give you honor and glory and all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Richard. We appreciate you being on the show today, buddy. It was certainly a, a blessing to have you on here, and maybe I can get woke up and start talking right before this next one. <laughs> okay, well, we got to find the time to go have a meal. Gotta, yes, let's do that. If you get down in if you get down in Southern Illinois, listen that uh, that Superman statue is only uh, uh, about three minutes from my house. So uh, you know, all right. Well, we got uh, we got to we got to go over and see that again. Hey, there's a I Super City Pizza around. We can always go visit the pizza. There is, yeah, yeah. So you get all down right. this way, you give us a holler. You got my phone number here. Well, I guess next time I come through the car, I'll have to, I'll have to look you guys up. Absolutely, appreciate you. Richard. Have a great day, man. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. Welcome back to another episode of the Shed Geek Podcast. This is Mo Lunsford of Union Grove Lumber. We would like to welcome you to the Union Grove Lumber Studios. Hey, we're this year's studio sponsor. And this is your host, Shannon Latham. Here at the Shed Geek Podcast, we give you education you can use and entertainment you need.